You're listening to Rock Island Radio, On Demand Radio, playing the best 70s, 80s, country, rock and pop. Real Radio dumped him like a bad habit, and now he's broadcasting from his mom's basement. Mara, the meatloaf! Tommy Rage. You're listening to the Rage Record Review with Tommy Rage. What's up? This is Clint with Seven Dust, and you're rocking out with my man Tommy Rage. Hi, this is Stephen Piercy from Rap, hanging out with Tommy Rage. Hey, this is Scott from Local H, and you are rocking out with Tommy Rage. Hey, what's up, guys? More Tommy Rage coming up. Don't say we didn't warn you. Hey, rock stars! Time once again for another edition of Rage Record Review. I am your host, Tommy Rage. I'm excited about today's show. Today's show really kind of goes back to my one of my earlier beginnings in the early '90s. This is a band and a guest that we have on the show for us today. That a band they got their their I don't want to say their start in the in the Seattle, but I got to meet them in Seattle in the early '90s when they were recording their debut album. Now, since then, they've had some tragic events that happened to them. They are, however, releasing some new material we're going to be playing for you on today's show, as well as looking back to their earlier huge, huge success back in the 90s and what they were doing back then. So once I heard they were having some new material, I thought to myself, hey, Tommy, let's reach out to them and kind of take a look back to those fantastic years of the 90s. I did exactly that with my friends Blind Melon. That's right. I know they had a huge success back in the 90s and of course the tragic events and the passing of their lead singer Shannon Hoon. They are as I mentioned however putting out some new material and it was a perfect opportunity for me to catch up with guitarist Christopher Thorne as we got to to talk about how him and I met decades ago back in Seattle and Christopher talks about the band and, and how they were making their very first album and being in Seattle in the early 90s. Ladies and gentlemen, we are ecstatic to have another fantastic guest joining our show today. A gentleman that I've met a couple different times and met early on in his career, which is where we're going to start out about. Plus, there's some new music kind of in the works that's coming out. We're also going to talk about for a band that I know our fans of our show have loved for a long, long time. A great guitarist from a band called Blind Melon, Christopher Thorne. Chris, welcome to Christopher. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Exactly. Well, we're we're ecstatic to have you on the show today because, of course, many people, of course, are huge Blind Melon fans. And there's a couple new singles that came out we're going to talk about in just a little bit. But before we get to that, Christopher, I'm going to take you down memory lane way, way, way many years ago, if you don't mind. I love it. I love okay. It. So... Christopher, way back when, uh, I was a DJ in Seattle working at a radio station called KISW, and I knew some friends who worked at a uh, recording studio, and that recording studio was in the process of working on some, some material and some stuff for a band and a gentleman by the name of Chris Cornell. So I had stopped... Oh, sure. 
I had stopped in to, to see to see and listen to them because they were also in the preps of, of working with another gentleman by the name of Kevin Martin, who was working with his band at that time. And when I was in the studio, all of a sudden, uh, a bunch of guys came running down from upstairs of London Bridges studio to come downstairs to do some recording. And that group of individuals included yourself and the fantastic crew recording their debut album, from Blind Melon. Do, do you remember uh, way back then? Yeah, man. I sure did. You're talking about the, the legendary London Bridge then. Yeah, I am, yes. Yeah, man. One of my favorite destination spots. Boy, what, what the memories we made there is incredible. I just recently um, had a great uh, Zoom hang conversation with uh, John Plum, who now owns London Bridge. So we had a nice time kind of reliving some of those great memories we made up there in Seattle. Now, so, yeah, man. Wow. You're way back. Way back in the day. Way, well, yeah, because I did I did nights there at KISW, and so I lived and worked right there in Seattle, and so I did that. Now, he, was he an engineer on your guys' album back then? Yeah, exactly. He was the assistant engineer, but quite honestly, like, Rick uh, Prosher, who was the producer, um, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but he left us alone quite a bit. Uh, uh, so we worked with John a whole lot, like John Plum really, most of my memories, uh, tracking my guitars and stuff are with John Plum. So he was a big part of that record. Okay. So, and, and of course on that record, there's a, there's a lot of great hits that, that come off of that record and we don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but tell everyone what it was like, because when I met you guys, I mean, I don't want to make this sound stupid, but you guys were just young and eager. I mean, you guys really, <laughs> really had some, and I can remember hanging out uh, with you guys and just having a fantastic time, particularly Shannon back then, and there was so much energy for that first album. Tell people yeah. what it was like to record that from your perspective. Well, one, we were, I mean, we were a bit intimidated because, you know, you're making your first record, but... But I tell you, we were just so excited to be, you know, the dream was coming true. Just making a record was a dream. So that that alone was was an incredible experience. And we absolutely loved Rick Parasher, who was the record producer. We loved John Plum. Um, and we were just having the time of our life. Honestly, we were having the time of our life. And I feel like you can hear that, uh, you know, on the tape. You know, that actually was tape back in those days. So I can actually say on the tape. <laughs> right, it was. Uh, it was the good old uh, cut tape, too, you had to, to yeah, mess around with. Exactly. And we cut that record, you know, live all in the room. So there's there's an energy about it that uh, that you can feel. You know, you can feel, you know, five, 20-something-year-old dudes in a room just playing for their life. You know what I mean? That's how that record sounds to me, you know. It was an amazing experience. It really was. We did it in two different sections. We did it. We spent about six weeks there at London Bridge, and then we were lucky enough to get on the 120 Minutes tour, which was uh, PIL, Big Audio Dynamite, Live, and Blind Melon. So we took a break in the middle of that record, went out for six weeks, did a whole tour, and then came back and finished the record. So uh, we were there for you know for a bit of time, and just we just had the time of our life. And honestly, the whole culture up there, <laughs> excuse me, the whole culture of Seattle was just was just the best place to be in 1991. I mean, there was no other place. If you're 20-something, Seattle was the place to be. And you could feel that in the street. It just felt like 
the city was overrun by young artists, you know, <laughs> and musicians. It was a really fun time, I have to say. Well, I know that people are are, are reminiscent about how fantastic that album was. Um, you know, it came off many hit singles on there. No Rain, of course, being one of the most popular ones off of there. But I think that as a young person, what was, looking back on it now, what do you think about that time period that you most had the fondest memories of and the times that, that you wish that there was something you knew now that you could have told your younger self uh, way back then? Yeah, you know, I mean, I have to say it felt special at the time. Like, I've thought about this quite a bit. You know, I wonder if if when you look back on a time period, does it feel more special because you have some distance from it? But I have to say, in the moment, you know, it just felt like the culture, the youth culture was taking over. It just felt that way. And maybe I was, maybe it was naive to feel that way. And maybe every 20 year old feels that way, but it really felt that way. And like I said, uh, Seattle was the place. I mean, it just felt like the place that was mo moving the needle, so to speak, moving the culture. And it just felt so great to be around it. And it just, it did feel like a, mo a movement. It really did, you know, because two years earlier, you know, you got, songs about, you know, whatever, hanging out with chicks and things. You know, you got the metal years just a couple years before, but like overnight when that Pearl Jam record hit and Soundgarden and Nirvana all at one moment, like it just felt like there was an incredible shift in music and it just felt like we needed to write songs that felt more, meant more, and um, and it just felt like everybody was on that same page making those records. So it, it felt like a special time. Now, it, of course, it's in hindsight, it feels really special looking looking back, you know, with some distance and realizing just how incredible uh, the music scene was and how and how the underground really became pop radio. I mean, that that was you know when I think about like those songs being on pop radio at that time, it was a magical time. Now those songs don't find their way to the radio anymore. It was it really really truly was a great time, and everybody was so I don't know Seattle was just so sweet. You know, I think. We had come from L.A., and Seattle just had a real sweetness about it. And you'd go out, and you'd see, you know, you'd see Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam at the bar, and you'd see, you know what I mean? Like, everybody was out. Everybody was there. And it just, it was an amazing time, honestly. I can't say enough about how magical that time, that time felt, you know? It's always fun catching up with Christopher Thorne. I every time I every time I talk to the guy, it just brings back some fond fond memories. Let's do two off their debut album, Tones of Home, and of course their epic song, No Rain, on Rage Record Review.
The more you listen, the more stupider you get. Stupid is stupid does, sir. Rage Record Review. Christopher talks about playing Woodstock back in 1994 and the chaos of all the backstage antics. 
I was I was lucky enough having grown up in that in that time period li- living out there going to college out there that that I was lucky to be a part of that and see you guys and many of the other bands that were out there um and to see how successful you guys really moved on from that because that's something that that I know many fans of Blind Melon are, are just ecstatic to hear that that you guys are are bringing it back around and so that's what that's what we're going to talk about with you today Christopher Thorne joining us from Blind Melon now you get that that big big huge energy feel and when it talks about the energy that, that you guys had as a whole band you even got to see that with a large collection of musicians when you ended up playing Woodstock I think it was Woodstock 94 is that right Yeah yeah we did 94 yep Back in the early 90s the festival particularly Woodstock that was a big deal It was as big as a deal as you could imagine honestly I mean by that point, we had we had been on the road for, for quite a bit of time, and I had stopped kind of getting nervous. You know, at a certain point, you're on tour for years, like that that feeling of jumping on stage goes away. But <laughs> it came back in a big way when we played Woodstock. I remember my memories of that show are feeling, you know, once again, kind of overwhelmed and intimidated. First of all, we flew in on a helicopter, so that alone, I mean, you know, we got flown to the stage in a helicopter. So, like, right before I play, I'm... You know, I'm having a helicopter ride for the first time, which is just unnerving by itself. And we're flying in looking at whatever they say the number was, 300, 400,000 people. I don't know. It looked like people as far as I could see flying in on a helicopter. Um, and, then, and then on top of that, we follow, we follow Joe Cocker, you know, who played the original Woodstock. So we literally are following him. I'm standing on the side of the stage. He's opening the show singing, you know, feeling all right, you know, a song he sang in 19, you know, at the, at the original one. So I remember feeling like, oh, man, how do we, you know, how do we, how do we, you know, find our way to the stage and make a statement, you know. But I felt like the show was, was pretty good. I felt like Shannon was on fire that night. We didn't get great reviews, which was weird, but I thought Shannon was an incredible performer that night. And um, it was great. I was happy when it was over so that I could just enjoy the rest of the day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a frightening experience uh, walking out onto that stage after Joe Cocker. I could definitely say that. Uh, Christopher Thorne joining us today from Blind Melon. They've got a couple new singles out that we're, we're happy to talk about and to tell fans where they can go. They can head out to blindmelon.com. There's some fantastic merchandise as well as a couple of the singles that are posted out there that, that fans can download. When you talk, Christopher, about the experience as a performer, was it different as a as a fan, I mean, did you take in any fan experiences that you can tell people about, or be like, "Hey, by the way, I went to a concert." Well, okay, so I played in a concert, but then I also saw a concert. I mean, did you get to yeah. meet anyone or get to get to do any of that stuff? I mean, it was just mind blowing backstage. I mean, I you know I watched I watched you know of course I watched you know some of the some shows and stuff, but I tell you the action was just I mean backstage I remember. I remember standing right there when when Trent Reznor started pushing his band members around, and they started just rolling in the mud. And this is like before they're going on stage, everyone's just like, "What are those guys doing?" I mean, it almost looked like they were fighting, but they're kind of like rolling around the mud, and then and they walked out on stage. I mean, it just it was just wild backstage, man. You know, so I didn't I didn't get out in the audience too much. I have to admit, I think um, I just kind of hung out backstage and just you know 
seeing everybody there was, was just, look, I'm a fan first, you know what I mean? So just as like a fan of music, just to be allowed to be back there looking at, you know, some of your heroes and some of your peers who are your heroes was, was an amazing experience. It really was, you know. From Blind Melon's 1995 second release, Soup, this is Toes Across the Floor on Rage Record Review. you listen the more stupider you get stupid is stupid does sir rage record review christopher thorne talks about dealing with the loss of their lead singer shannon hoon and knowing when the time was right to get the band back together 
following all of all of the goings on with Blind Melon, and of course the successful follow-up album Soup, which came out after that. Unfortunately, you guys had to deal with a, a, an unfortunate, tragic loss, and 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 I'm of course referring to Shannon Hoon and his passing. What was that like for you personally? to know that there was a person who had struggled and that you had toured with. I mean, you play these huge festivals, you go out and you do these things and you record two fantastic albums and and there's a, there's a friend of yours. I mean, he's he's a friend and he passes away. What was that like for you personally to deal with that? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, complete and total devastation, you know. It's one thing if you lose your job one day and it's one thing if you lose your best friend one day, but when you lose all of that in one day, I mean, I lost my job, my career, my best friend in one day. So it's like, you know, when it's all wrapped up in the one thing, it's devastating. It's paralyzing is what I would say, you know? So that's all I could say about that. Paralyzing, devastating is how I felt. Well, yeah, and and of course it took some time for you guys to kind of think about putting things back in place, and that's that's kind of where it takes us up here together, because of course your other guitarist friend, Roger Stevens, uh, found a fantastic singer by the name of Travis Warren, and you guys, after your hiatus, really spent, what, correct me if I'm about 10 years kind of away before you decided yeah, I, to... I think it was even more... I think it was even maybe even more years, 12, 13, 14. I don't know. It was, it was, a, it was a good long time. 2007, I guess, is when we found Travis. And Travis actually came to Brad and I, who were who owned a recording studio called Wishbone Studios. And um, an A&R guy is the guy that actually brought us Travis Warren because uh, we were just record producers. And Travis went to, a, you know, was being sort of people were looking at him to give him a deal and and an A&R guy said, who's your, some of your favorite bands? He said, Blind Melon. It just so happened the A&R guy was our friend. He's like, I know those guys. So they sent Travis over to Brad and I, and we just, you know, we were like, holy cow. And we hadn't thought about playing Blind Melon songs. And like I said, it was almost 15 years or so. It was a good long time, right? So we hadn't even thought about it. But when Travis walked in the door, we were like, holy cow. Who does this guy remind you of? And he just was knew more about our band than even we did. You know, he knew all these crazy details and, so um, at that point, we, we worked with Travis. Brad and I worked with Travis for a few weeks. And then at that point, we called Rogers and Glennon and said, I know this sounds completely insane, but, you know, we feel like we may have found a singer that could actually, you know, deliver these songs. You know, we had worked with some other people and nobody ever felt right. That's the reason why we didn't put the band back together for all those years. We had worked with other people, but it just never felt authentic. But for some reason with Travis, he just felt like he had lived those songs. And when he sang them, sang them, he delivered them with the same sort of emotion that, that you know, that Shannon wrote them and sang them with. So it, it uh, I don't know, it was, it was, we, that came out of nowhere. We didn't plan on getting the band back together. Just Travis showed up in our life and it just, like something we had to do. Well, it, it's funny you should say that, and, and you and I were talking earlier, because you have to have a natural feeling about the chemistry that everyone works well together. And I think that's very apparent on songs like one of them that came out in November, I think it was, uh, Too Many to Count. Which yeah. is a, which is a, a brilliant song. Fans definitely need to, need to head out to blindmelon.com and check that one out. You can also check it out on iTunes or Spotify. It's available. 
um, because those, I think, really have the energy of of the entire Blind Melon feel to it. Is it? Yeah. it am I am I saying that correctly? And 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 if I am, so my question would be: Was it difficult? I mean, after spending so many time away, was it difficult to get everybody back together on the same page and go, "This is what we want to do," and it just felt right? You know what? It was difficult when we went to go right. You know, obviously, it felt great immediately hearing uh, Travis sing the old catalog. Immediately, we knew we could go out and tour. But making new records was important to us. But, you know, in a weird way, we had to start over again as songwriters because, you know, we're bringing in Travis, who has all, who's an incredible songwriter, but comes from a different place as far as, you know, influence and things like a lot of the same, but also some different influences. So I think it took us a little while to get our feet back with songwriting. I feel like we're there now, like the last few things we've been working on, like at least my friends tell me, like, dude, that sounds like it should be on the soup record. And I kind of feel that too. I'm like, yeah, it does kind of feel like old school Blind Melon in a good way, but yet new too, you know. Just a little bit, I think, to find our feet um, as far as the songwriting stuff goes. But I feel like we're on fire now. Travis has just been sending me like two songs a day for God's sake. He's just been on fire the past. Available on their website or through your music outlets, this is the two new ones from Blind Melon. Too Many to Count and Way Down and Far Below. Blind Melon on Rage Record Review. In the sun, 
The more you listen, the more stupider you get. Stupid is stupid does, sir. Rage Record Review.
Christopher talks about Blind Melon recording new material and how much he can't wait to get back out and tour again. More now from Christopher. As, as you are talking about everything, how it's all coming together, how, when you guys work together like this, I mean, how do you know when it's right? Uh, because I'm assuming then that fans are going to be looking for an album soon, I hope. Yeah, we're really close, and as a matter of fact, I'm pretty excited, and I think I'm allowed to say this, and I don't know the exact date, but we're... Uh, we have another release coming up here uh, in just a couple weeks. The end of June, I think we have another another surprise coming. Um, so we're pretty close to, to getting this record finished. You know, the guys were about four days away from hopping on planes to come out to Joshua Tree to finish the record. We scheduled two weeks. We, we scheduled a camera crew to come in and cover some of it, and we had a whole, whole plan, <clears throat> and then COVID hit. So now we are finishing the record remotely, which is how we were working anyway when we were writing the songs, because we all live in different cities, right? So when we're getting ready to make the record, we're sending stuff back and forth to each other, and everybody has a studio at their house, and everyone's a great engineer. So we basically just kind of pass files back and back and forth. So now we're just going to continue with that process and uh, finish the record remotely, you know, which is uh, a new thing for us. But I tell you what, the results are, are coming out great. So we're, we're excited to at least move forward and, and finish this record. Christopher Thorne joining us from Blind Melon, uh, one of the founding guitarists for, for this band. Uh, Christopher, when you talk about getting back together, then I know that, that you guys have, have taken the time away and have played here and there, but when it comes to putting out a full album, you're probably going to have to tour with it. So this goes back to the, the earlier discussion we are having about the energy and the nerves. Do you think, it, as well as you know Travis and, and, of course, everyone in the band, Roger and everyone, do you think you're going to be nervous going out back into into the cycle of touring? Not for, not for health reasons, but just to go back out there again and, and catch that rush of energy of performing live again. I mean, I mean, the truth is, I sometimes I, I this is a weird statement. Sometimes I feel more at home on stage than just in a daily life. Going out, you know what I mean? Like, the stage for me is the most comfortable place. You know, besides sort of the you know Woodstocks and things like that. I don't really, you know, I don't get nervous. I would say, um, but I do get excited. And honestly, it's just I'm dying to get out there, man. I just can't wait to to, to get back out there. Um, you know, for me, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about pe people's safety and things like that, but, um, but I'm just, I'm, ex I'm excited to get back out there. It's, it's, a, it's a magical thing, live shows, and I think maybe, you know, at least I took them for granted, and then the second someone tells me I can't do them anymore, then suddenly I go, oh, boy, do I ever miss that, you know, and I really miss it, you know, especially now when you're going through a bunch of crap in life, there's nothing better than being around a group of people all being inspired by, you know, by the songs that, you know, that you love. I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. So 
Yeah, and in fact, that was something that you and I were talking about off air before we started was was getting back out there and seeing shows because I know there's only a couple posted on your website at blindmelon.com backslash tour. You got one in Vegas, I think in September, and maybe one after that. But but the whole fact of the matter is is that people want to see shows and they need live music and they need music to kind of help them get through a very difficult difficult time. And I think these two new singles and and the new one coming out in june is really going to be really helpful to people yeah thank you for saying that uh it just i mean what else can we do you know what i mean you have to you have to just stay creative and and uh you know try to still stay connected to you know your fans your friends um that feels important to me right now you know we've been doing some of these like live facebook things just to kind of hang out with our fans you know and it's and that's a new thing we've never done before, and that that happened because of you know being stuck at home. And that's one positive thing I would say that's come out of this. Like I definitely feel like there's a connection to our fans. You know, they get to kind of like look in on our houses now. Everyone's doing sort of live streams from their homes and stuff. So um, that's all we can do for now. But I can't wait to get back out there. I, I really can. I, I think it's important. Like we were talking about, people do need music. You know, and there's something about that experience about being in a room, you know, all, all watching something together, feeling it together is important, you know. Former lead singer Shannon Hoon always had a great appreciation for the kind of Southern American type song and feel that was always prevalent in his music throughout the band's entire history, which is perhaps why on our last song for us on the show, they really decided when they did a cover, they were going to kind of steal and take something that was an American classic. Here now, The Pusher. Blind Melon on Rage Record Review. Snowflakes rolling over my ear Goose bumping liver If I'm hungry
Christopher talks about how he still gets love from Blind Melon fans and, of course, the new things to come from Blind Melon. Does it surprise you, Christopher, to know that there are, are still fans that are just, I, I, and I don't mean this in, in a, that just love your music. I mean, because it's just, it's always been a part of, I, I think, a part of our culture. Uh, I know it has for me growing up, being in radio for so long. I mean, when you say Blind Melon, people just shake their head and go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it. I feel it. You know, and so and it so. It blows my mind. I mean, in all honesty, it just it just blows my mind. I never imagined, you know, a twenty-year-old writing those songs that anybody would care. Ten years later, let alone twenty-something years. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's incredible. It's, it's it's such a gift, and it's you know I just feel really really lucky, and I almost feel overwhelmed by that feeling. Like I can't believe people still care. And I just feel flattered and grateful, you know? I just feel really grateful. I never imagined anyone would care about our band this many years later, and that feels great. Well, they do care, and I know they care because you guys have some great stuff out on your website, some great merchandise and items out there. I was looking at it earlier, a few posters out there. If you want to support Blind Melon, people, I highly recommend you do so. Go out to blindmelon.com and pick up some of that stuff or follow them on Instagram, too, and check out their live Facebook pages because it's just fantastic. And, and Christopher, I know that, that you guys are eager to get back out on the road and to release the new album. Uh, we want to play it here. We want to make sure that fans get a taste of it because we love the last two singles that came out already, Too Many to Count, Way Down and Far Below, were absolutely fantastic singles so far. Thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate it. And like I said, we have another another little surprise coming up here at the end of the month. So uh, we're, we're excited to just, you know, keep pushing forward. Well, Christopher, like I said, I, I, I'm early on in our conversation. I, I got to meet you a couple different times way back when at, at London Bridges Studio, and and I got to tell you, the the energy that you guys put on for the shows and just meeting you in person, I, I think, is enough to captivate anyone when you get back out on the road. So we're looking forward to it, my friend. Well, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you, man. We gotta we gotta go down some more memory lane and, and hang out, and have a drink. We'll do it. We'll do it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today, Christopher Thor. Look forward to the the brand new. Do, all right, Christopher. I was gonna say there's a single. Is there any is there any word on when the album might come out? Is it gonna be before the end of the year? I think so. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely the plan to get it out before the end of the year. You know, it's so hard to plan anything now because we're just in this crazy time. So every time we make a plan, it changes. But but we have some exciting stuff that we're thinking about doing we're thinking about uh because we can't go tour thinking about you know filming a live thing out here in the desert uh kind of bringing in a camera crew and and setting up live and kind of doing a a live a live thing that we can kind of send out to people and stuff so we have a bunch of exciting things you know that we're that we're planning on doing well good well we can't wait for the new album 
Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Christopher has promised you a new album by the end of the year, or he will, <laughs> or he will come and play in your backyard. I think is what he was getting go. at. Yes, he will bring the whole entire Blind Melon crew out That's to right. out to backyards across America to check out the fantastic album, Christopher. We can't <laughs> wait. That sounds great. Perfect. Thank you so much, my friend. That'll do it for this edition of Rage Record Review. A big shout-out to our friend on this show, Christopher Thorne from Blind Melon. Can't wait to hear their brand-new album. Supposed to drop later this year. A big shout-out also to you, our listeners. Producer Don, a big thank you to you, my friend. And, of course, to all the friends who emailed us at review at Yahoo or hit us up on our Facebook page. The more you listen, the more stupider you get. Stupid is stupid does, sir. Rage Record Review. You're listening to Rock Island Radio, on demand radio, playing the best 70s, 80s, country, rock, and pop.